the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am Headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you here every Saturday evening on AM 1280, The Patriot. We are going to continue where we left off last week, and we had been discussing how many of the technology founders are starting to demonstrate some regret about what they've founded and kind of the behemoth that has been created. Absolutely. Yeah. And so this week, we're actually going to talk about some of the solutions that they are putting forth. A regret always has to be followed with a solution yes. if you want to make progress. And exactly. We're going to talk um, about that. Yes. And I'm, I'm happy that we can talk about this part of it. So, And there really does seem to be some overwhelming consensus at Apple Incorporated. That's the first one we're going to talk about, that interactive screens and smartphones can foster addiction. So it's great to see that they're acknowledging that. Tony Fidel, former Apple executive and tech entrepreneur, also served as an advisor to Steve Jobs for more than a year. He served also, I guess, I'm going on and on about Fidel, uh, as the senior vice president of Apple's iPod division, also earning the reputation as one of the fathers of the iPod. He's also the co-creator of Apple's iPhone. So this Tony Fidel has said that if children and parents are looking for a scapegoat, they can pin their blame for their addiction to technology on tech giants like Apple, Google, Twitter, and Facebook. And why is that? Well, Fidel asserts that these large tech companies are in the position to give us the info to help us understand our usage habits and the ability to control and monitor them with tools. So in other words, Fidel is not blaming the device for addiction, but instead it's the things they deliver that can be addictive. So that's an interesting perspective. It is. You know, this assertion that has been made by Tony Fidel is confirmed by two of Apple's most prominent investors in which the shareholders, they've publicly lobbied Apple for the the corrective efforts in a letter to the company just back in January. Hmm. Uh, And those two investors are JANA Partners and the California State Teachers Retirement System, also known uh, in a much shorter acronym as CalSTRS. Hmm. And and according to a New York Times article uh, back in January, January 13th, um, Apple's largest investors together, these two control about $2 billion do- dollars, rather, of Apple shares. Wow. And they're urging Apple to take Big steps mm-hmm. take steps to address what they perceive as a growing problem of young people getting addicted to Apple's iPhones. And that's per uh, a representative from Jana Partners. Mm-hmm. The two investors, are, they're specifically asking Apple to consider developing software 
that would allow parents to limit children's phone use and for Apple to study the impact of excessive phone use on mental health. Hmm. I mean, it would be another study. We've gone through so many of them already. Right. But it would show the same thing. Well, and interestingly, they want to do their own studies, I suppose. But it's just good to know that there's some pressure coming from the investors themselves. And that's probably where it has to come from before they actually Absolutely. (laughs) That's true. So in a nutshell, I mean, you know, Jana Partners, which is a leading activist shareholder, and Calsters is also one of the nation's largest public pension plans. They both worry that Apple's reputation and stock could be hurt if it doesn't address these concerns. Mm -hmm. Now, as we mentioned at the top of the show um, last week, the Common Sense Media poll, you know, 50% of U.S. teenagers feel like they are addicted to their mobile phones and they feel pressure to immediately respond to these phone messages. Well, you know, that phone addiction epidemic was also further brought to the front lines of discussion just two years ago when former Disney child star and now 24-year-old Selena Gomez, Mm -hmm. which is a very popular name, Mm -hmm. she canceled the 2016 world tour because she needed to go to therapy for depression and low self-esteem, feelings Mm -hmm. that she has said come from her addiction to social media and the mobile photo sharing app Instagram. Wow. I I never heard that, actually. That's the first time um, I I'm not too. a stargazer or a star watcher, but um, I've, I think it's great that she was able to admit that this had happened to her and that she actually got the help she needed. And, yes. Um, but it just shows you it kind of crosses all barriers. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. You can get addicted to the technology and the social media. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, social media addiction is not only a problem here in the United States. The United Kingdom uh, has certainly uh, echoed those sentiments. There was a snapshot survey that was done in 2017 that found that Instagram is rated across the UK as the worst social media platform when it comes to its impact on young people's mental health. Hmm. And that was in accordance to the BBC. They reported that uh, Instagram is, yes, the worst for Hmm. young mental Mm -hmm. health. Yeah. And I've actually heard that before, too. I think that the kids see pictures of their friends posted and if they're not part of it, they feel left out. Yes. Um, so I think it just, it's sort of like it's bringing everything to the forefront and there's nothing that's not known when you've got pictures of everything being captured. That everybody can see. Yeah, that everybody can see. Exactly. Well, this Tony Fidel that we referred to earlier and his, you know, has made this call for digital detox, which is great. And as we mentioned, he is credited with being one of the fathers of the iPod and an Apple executive. And he's also been one of the more outspoken giants in the tech industry. So here are some of the solutions he is suggesting per several tweets from his Twitter account back in January. Uh, First one says, adults are addicts, not only kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. And Google needs to help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Remember, this is a tweet. Um, Apple investors worried about smartphone addiction. So that's great. You know, here's another one. Uh, Device addiction is real. Driving under the influence equals texting and driving. Each day, nine people get killed. Thousands hurt because of it, which is true and sad. Uh, Another one says, in the United Kingdom, adults spend eight plus hours on screens per day. Children spend six and a half hours per day. 34% of people checked Facebook in the last 10 minutes. The the stats are driving digital detox movements. Um, So this is great. You know, here's some great texts that are really trying to alert people coming from a very reliable and um, I guess a, a, iPod an excellent founder. source. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the things that he says in terms of solutions is admitting that you have an addiction is the first step. I mean, that's kind of true of any addiction. Yes. Um, getting out of the environment. So, you know, taking yourself away from whatever the addiction is, mm-hmm. um, in this case, uh, screens. So, 
he's saying that, you know, if it's bars or casinos, you get away from them. But in this case, it's our screens. And they are a big part of our lives. They, they're our work. They're our tools, family calendars, emergency devices. We truly can't live without them. So it does make it hard to pull away from the things that you're being told to pull away from. Right. And Fidel goes on by saying that we need to control our own environment as a result, and we need information. And the first step in that is that we need to know where the line is and when we've crossed over to addiction. Now, that's kind of a tricky statement, because if you look at people who are, are bound to addiction in other areas of life, whether it be gambling or alcohol, alcohol mm-hmm. or drugs or whatever, the humility and the power isn't really there to admit that you have the problem mm-hmm. if you're so wrapped up in it in the first place. Right. And that compounds the problem yeah. and makes it that much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, he says the second step is that we need ongoing usage habits reflected back to us, that the fact our smote, smartphone bottle, as he refers to it, hmm. needs to tell us that we've had enough. And we're going to get into that a little bit later in terms of a family page that Apple has released that gives Mm -hmm. some information on how to curb uh, the addictions. Mm -hmm. Um, He also says we need a Fitbit or a Apple Health for our entire life, not just physical activity, but digital too, meaning captured in one place using calendar that shows the history of our 24-hour activity patterns in a way to schedule our future activities, both physical and digital. So in that spirit, I mean, Fidel writes, Apple Watches, Google Phones, Facebook, and Twitter, they've gotten so good at getting us to go for another click, another <laughs> yes. dopamine hit. We talked right. about the likes and the comments yes. earlier. Yes. And they now have a responsibility and a need to start helping us track and manage our digital addictions across all usages, especially with phones and laptops and televisions, etc. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's kind of hard to imagine that actually happening. You know, he, these are the people that created it, and they're making lots of money off of it. And so you're almost telling them, stop making money. <laughs> you know, stop stop uh, I mean, could promoting they be, what works. Could in, they be fearful of lawsuits in the same way that people who have smoked, despite the Surgeon General warnings on their, you know, packages yeah. of cigarettes, they've come back and sued. Sure. Even though all this information is about smartphone usage and interactive mm-hmm. screens, I mean, I wonder if one day lawsuits will start coming against these tech Interesting. Giants. Wow. I've never thought of that, Mark. That's a really good point. You know, it seems kind of ludicrous right now, but, right, but you're maybe right. that's why they're and, speaking right, out. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, here are some specific solutions that Fidel gives. And um, he's saying that really tech companies are the only ones that can do this, that can provide these solutions. They own the OS and app ecosystem, he says. And they need to do more, he says, like single-use device modes. When I'm reading an ebook on my tablet or listening to music, I don't want email or Facebook notifications or texts to be popping up. Um, he says tech companies need to give access to that information to third-party apps so that they can also provide that opportunity and people can manage and limit our time on those apps as well. Control the notifications <laughs> is what he keeps saying over and over and over. I know, like I, I said right now. Because, okay, look, it's March, you know, college basketball, March right. Madness, the big tournament. Like I get these notifications on my phone and when I hit it, then it brings up another screen that brings the basketball right. game up and then I'm trying to get back to what I was looking at an email. I mean, it really is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I know. I'm wor- And as he said <laughs> yeah. earlier, adults are you know, just as bad as the kids. 
Right. So, but he says that there will be a lot of great startups, he predicts this, in mm-hmm. the future that will create useful tools to help us become balanced, digital, and analog. And he says, with or without these tools, it is really up to us as individuals to act. We're, we're adults. We need to take responsibility. So he said, we need to be creating screen time rules in our homes, living in the moment as a family, screen free meals, he suggests, relearning analog objects like books. Oh, writing. Books. Oh, my and writing. Yeah. My goodness. And sketching. Oh, my. <laughs> um, tech free days for the family to be together. These are all such great suggestions, but they do take self discipline on the part of the adults in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Fidel is just one of a growing number of uh, Silicon Valley executives who have spoken out about their former employers. And with Fidel being so outspoken against Apple and other large tech companies, it's important to note that Apple actually has responded to his allegations. And the tech company is quickly responding by saying it already has a number of parental controls built into its iPhones and iPads, and new features and enhancements are planned for the future. That's so right. that's great. Yeah. Right. And we're going to get, um, you know, why don't we just go ahead and start talking about um, this family page mm-hmm. that Apple has put out. Right. Um, you know, the new families page is really an attempt to help parents understand and use all of the features that are already available on Apple devices. And according to Apple, parents already, they have the power to track their children's locations, monitor and limit their purchases, and filter wow. what content they can see on their devices. The families page also covers privacy, health-related settings like sleep mode, sharing between family members and the use of Apple devices in education. And we're going to go into some of these specifically, but before we do that, we do want to give you the the uh, address, the uh, internet address link, um, the website that you can go to look at these features, and that is www.apple.com forward slash families. Right. So that will... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good start, a good start for Apple. Absolutely. Um, and before or until those new features that they're talking about are going to be made available, uh, they do have this new families page, and that's their attempt to help parents understand and use all of the features that are already available on Apple devices. And they do have step-by-step instructions aimed at keeping kids safe from questionable and harmful content. And we can take a look at a few of the helpful hints on this page. Under the Apple Families page, they have something called Ask to Buy. Uh, when a child in- initiates a purchase for free download, a request goes to the family organizer. So that's right. good. Prevents a child from being able to just download something for free without getting permission from a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes to the parent's phone when that yeah. request is made by one of their kids. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, then the organizer can also review the item and approve it and decline it or whatever the case may be. And uh, that's good. It puts parents in charge rather than kids in charge. If the family organizer does approve the purchase, the content downloads happen automatically. And if they decline, then no download takes place. So, you know, again, that's a, a helpful feature. There's another app that if you want to talk about that one, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The App Store is another uh, area of this family's page in which there is some control and freedom for the parents with their kids. The kids section of this App Store is carefully organized, really, to be a great space for children. In Apple, what they'll do is, is they review every app that will go on this children's uh, you know, that is children related. And what they'll do is they'll make sure it does what it says it does. Hmm. So, you know, it gets this advertisement and they want to make sure, okay, now it's advertised this way. Let's see if indeed the app does exactly as it says, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. And 
In the restrictions section, you can uh, click on restrictions in the App Store. You can also tap an age range. Hmm. Okay. That's good. And just like that, your kids can buy or download only apps that are appropriate for them in hmm. terms of their age. Mm-hmm. Another spot on this family's page is uh, titled Internet Usage. And you can also set up your kids' devices to limit adult content or open only websites that you, as the family organizer, the head of your house, mm-hmm. select. And you can also install what's known as special web browsers that are designed to display only kid-friendly content and nothing else. Hmm. Yeah, I think these are some good you know, good starts. And yep. uh, I, I like to see the fact that Apple is responding to their investors and, and trying to help parents uh, limit the usage of their kids. I think this was just released earlier in the month. Really? That recent? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Well, other features that are discussed on the family's page and steps uh, are given that are given for activation include knowing where your child, knowing where your kids are 24 seven, finding a lost device, mapping your kids locations, sharing apps, movies and music with your family, make teen driving safer, turning down the blue light at night. And so there are really instructions also on how to keep your family's private data private, and that's also very good. And then Apple insists that it doesn't use your kids' information to create a profile or market them. To research these topics and more at length, you can just go to that website again, apple.com slash families. So again, a great start. It is. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's turn our focus on how parents can help rewire their children from the neurological damage suffered from the extensive interactive screen usage. So we kind of talked about that a few weeks ago. Yes. And we've kind of come full swing back then to seeing where technology leaders are showing regrets and they're starting to step up and provide some solutions. Uh, But we really do need to, we feel that it's important for us to kind of end this whole series on looking at what some of these effects are so that we can look at how to solve the problem and how to help our kids. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Victoria Dunkley, who is the author of Reset Your Child's Brain, offers some different treatments to help reverse some of the damage interactive screens have caused to young children. The recommended children, she recommends that children undergo a strict three to four week electronic fast, especially if medication is considered for treatment. Once a child's nervous system becomes dysregulated, it tends to stay that way. Simply cutting back maintains the chaotic effects of the hyperarousal. So cutting back just by you know reducing isn't going to solve the problem. Right. And that's an important thing for parents to know, that it, there actually has to be an electronic fast for three to four weeks to really change um, the child's brain and to give them the benefit. And some kids, the... Uh, the fast actually really reduces the symptoms, which is great. For others, though, there's a complete resolution of symptoms, which is wonderful. And I do believe that when we look back at the pathways that get formed, and we talked about this before, yes. where sort of ruts form in the brain from that repetitive type of behavior that happens with technology usage, that when you're not using it at all for three to four weeks, it gives the brain time to start to rewire those pathways or to that it, it, it kind of fills in the gaps a little bit. Yes. And that's an important important thing for for the kids to have happen. And the fast also clarifies the diagnoses, it improves symptoms and functioning, and allows other treatments to work as they should. And then after the fast, parents have to decide to, uh, they can decide to implement small amounts of electronics 
The use of them, though, must be deemed as a privilege. Yes. And if symptoms return, it'll be easier to determine how much is too much. That's right. So, you know, obviously, if you haven't gotten to the point where kids are addicted, then the idea would be to limit it from the very start. But yes. if you have a child that you believe is electric or is addicted, then the thir- three to four week electronic fast is the best solution, according to this expert. I mean, it's like starting over. I yeah. mean, what you're doing is, is you're hoping and uh, that there's going to be a rewiring of the pathways in the brain. It's like, okay, now let's start from the very beginning. It's like you're using it for the first time again. What's it like and when is it too much? So Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. A sec- well, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, the second measure that uh, Victoria Dunkley had recommended um, in terms of helping rewire uh, a child's brain is that protective measures against screen-regulated dysregulation, including physical exercise one-on-one time with a parent and a regular bedtime and daily chores. So in <laughs> other words, let's take, get away from mm-hmm. the isolation of just interacting with a screen and let's start interacting with physical labor, mm-hmm. whether it be chores around the home or athletics outside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or face-to-face interaction and connection with your very parents. Right. It's so healthy. There's a reason why that has been a traditional part of excellent parenting is spending time with a child and giving them a regular bedtime and getting them outside, getting them involved in activities outside of school. So it's just, it's excellent parenting is what Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, parents, they're continually told also, uh, according to Dr. Dunkley, that in order to be successful today, you must be tech savvy. Well, that's not the truth at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, the truth is, is that success in life is largely influenced by the health of your brain, specifically the frontal lobe. Yeah. You know, also how well the the brain works and its resiliency always will supersede what the brain knows. Hmm. So, for example, the frontal lobe of its many executive functions, one major function is to govern emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. Its health determines how well then we get along with others. Right, right. And, you know, what's interesting is I've pointed this out many times before that the frontal lobe is the last part of the brain to fully develop. And with the onset of all this technology usage, it's further slowed down the development of the frontal lobe. I mean, Dr. Victoria Brunkley, or Dunkley Dunkley. is the one who, who reminds us that kids are functioning three cognitive years behind where they used to 30 years That's ago. Right. A lot of this is because of what we're seeing with the frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. So the executive functioning that is so critical to a person's success in life, planning and, and personality, it's not happening as readily, and it was already the last to develop. So it's really kind of almost a double whammy. Right. You mentioned it governs executive functioning. Well, executive functioning determines really how far we go in school, how well yeah. we can perform complicated tasks at a job. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, uh, we want to finish off our show today by talking about a docufilm that has been in theaters, uh, Kirk Cameron's Connect, it's called. And it featured discussions from pastors, neurologists, and other doctors. And one of those doctors featured was Dr. Kathy Koch, author of Screens and Teens. And Dr. Koch highlighted five lies children believe in regards to social media. And the first one is, I am the center of my own universe. And, you know, kids suffer from this anyway. So do a lot (laughs) of adults. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) A lot of adults do, too. Um, But with the technology, it's even more so. So kids think that they are in control of the world, waiting for Facebook likes 
ads geared towards them, caller ID, helps kids decide not to answer a call coming in over their mobile phone. Um, so all of these things help feed this notion that they're kind of in control of the of their own universe exactly. or that they're the center of their own universe. And the solution that she suggests is that parents need to be fully present with their kids. Prioritize family. Title of mom and dad doesn't define having a relationship with your kids. So true. You have to engage. You have to ask questions. Who are your friends? What are they like? And, you know, God is the creator of the universe. He is the center of it and and not you, the child. (laughs) So helping kids understand that. And as a parent, uh, do your kids kids see you living as though God is at the center of the universe? That's true. An interesting thought that she gives us. Absolutely. And the second lie that that children tend to believe is I have to be happy all the time. I mean, that just points to such a, uh, just a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? A um, inconsistency, this this sense of, you know, looking for that next thing, that next thrill. I've got to be happy. Otherwise, I just feel unbalanced. Well, everything is new and it's now and I have to have it right now. Mm-hmm. That's what technology offers, right? Mm-hmm. And so when a new device comes out, countless people wait all night. I mean, have you seen I these? I know. Like, some of the, be, lines the lines are crazy. The stores to open for yes. the newest product yeah. that comes out. It has to be this immediate purchase. And to make matters worse, you know, parents that are really stressed about themselves and their lives, and I know we've talked about this, they're scared and they're overwhelmed by even the task of maybe holding multiple jobs or yeah. raising their own children, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. They're busy, and especially if they're needing a break, it's so easy to then turn to our kids and say, hey, kid, here's the iPhone. You know, and the kid processes that as I'm getting what I want, and so it's going to make me happy. And so they do this, the parents, so that they themselves can be happy. Right, right. And and the solution to that that uh, Dr. Cook offers is she says we can have joy in all of our circumstances and gratitude. I mean, really giving thanks for all that we have really goes a long way. In bringing us joy. And you can have joy because of what Jesus Christ did by paying the price for our sins on the cross. And his offer to you is eternal acceptance. And when hmm. a person can really understand that and have that experience, it does change a lot of these circumstantial incidences of, I got to mm-hmm. have it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's trying to speak truth to the lies. That's right. Is what she's Absolutely. doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The third, the third uh, lie that most children believe, she said, is I must have choice. <laughs> Everything over social media and on interactive screens, screens rather, it has a drop-down menu. Mm-hmm. And nothing is a privilege. It's deserved and it's expected. And kids have really lost the ability to exercise self-control and to say no. Mm-hmm. And what <clears throat> she offers as a solution is that kids need to understand, as adults, that choice is a privilege. Mm-hmm. And in seeking wisdom, only then can we make choices that will really be good because of the knowledge of wisdom to help make those choices. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the fourth one that she says, the fourth lie she says is, my, I'm my own authority. I'm an expert too. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone thinks they are right. So am I. So that's the fourth lie. And her solution to that one is God is the ultimate authority. And we need to teach kids that his word, which is the direct representation of who he is, never changes. And our opinions change with shifting cultural moods and expectations. And boy, have we seen that to be true. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And finally, we just want to share that, you know, she says information is all that matters. Therefore, I don't need teachers. That's the fifth lie that technology gives to kids. And as a result, kids at large are not academically inclined as a result, as, as much as they used to be. They're not wanting to study as much. Um, but kids, she says, need wisdom. She, they need to be told uh, by a parent or a teacher, or a pastor, that they are going to come alongside them and help them use the information in a way that personifies wisdom and that we have been created by God so uh, for more than just mere information. Having news, wisdom, or having knowledge, rather, is not learning. Right, exactly. And information isn't, isn't learning. So if you'd like more information on the recovery from neurological and emotional damage resulting from kids' excessive screen interactions, certainly consult the materials from both Dr. Victoria Dunkley and Dr. Kathy Koch. They are well regarded as leading voices in recovery strategies from excessive, excessive sorry, screen usage. Well, we here at Education Nation want to take these final moments to thank you. For host and show founder, Rebecca Hagstrom, I am Mark Durkin, executive producer and co-host of Education Nation, saying have a great weekend, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.